Have you ever tried to persuade somebody at work, thinking you were right, knowing you were right, only to find you haven't even managed to budge them at all? When you have an interview, do you struggle to connect with your interviewer? Do you fail to convince them of your ability? The problem may well be that you are talking to someone who has completely different communication preferences to you. I work for my husband's company as his unqualified HR manager. Only recently I realised I was completely missing the mark in persuading him to take up my suggestions. Given that I've coached others in this area, you'd think I'd know better. But it took me a while to realise that I was using the wrong communication style. Now, we Australians generally shy away from the idea of altering our communication style. We still have remnants of that old take-me-or-leave-me approach and often feel that it would be fake to change the way we engage with others. The problem with this attitude is that we're likely to fail to connect with three out of four people. Welcome to Career Chinwags for the 21st Century. I'm a career practitioner who's worked with thousands of clients over the past 20 years, so I've had quite a bit of time to think about career stuff. Each fortnight, I'll pick up on an issue that takes my fancy. Some will be extremely practical, such as last episode, which looked at quick fixes you can make to your cover letters so that they do what you want, which is to make the reader want to read your resume. Other episodes will cover more big picture topics. In today's episode, I'm going to cover quite advanced communication tips so that you can become a master communicator, both at work and in interviews. I think we've all had the experience of meeting someone we feel either instantly comfortable with or just don't connect with for no apparent reason. Every single day, we face the challenge of being understood and of accurately interpreting others. We're actually more likely to misinterpret something we hear or read than to correctly decipher every nuance in a conversation. There have been many psychologists who've studied personality types and how differences affect communications. One of the most famous, of course, was Carl Jung, and his work has been used to develop an assessment tool which is called I Speak Your Language. The theory of this tool, or the theory of Carl Jung's approach, is that under stress, such as during a job interview or in a work situation, most of us favour one of four basic communication styles, with the problem being that people by far prefer to listen to someone with their own communication style. Once we're alerted to the four styles, none of us has any trouble working out the style of the person we're trying to influence. The difficulty comes from trying to change our style to match theirs. For you to excel at this task of matching the communication style of your decision maker, you need to take three separate steps. The first step is to understand what your communication style is when you're under stress. The second step is to recognize the preferred communication style of your listener. And the third step is to change both what you say and how you say it so that you don't alienate your listener while still delivering good content. It's not just the cake or the icing on the cake. I call it the hundreds and thousands on the icing on the cake. 
We are talking about very high-level communication skills here, and I've got a couple of tips to help you out. Tip number one is pretty obvious. You need to identify your default style under stress and your listener's style. So let's look at each of the four styles one at a time. I'm going to start with feelers. So if you're a feeler, you place a high value on how situations affect people. You would tend to place a great deal of value on personal experience and and you want harmony. You would tend to be very perceptive, responsive to others, big-hearted and supportive. Next come the intuitors. Intuitors love ideas, future thinking and innovation. So if you're one of these, you may make leaps of logic that others find quite difficult to follow. And I'm laughing because I'm an intuitor. Intuitors are conceptual, they're ideas people, they're problem solvers. The next group is the one I struggle the most to imitate, the thinkers. If you're a thinker, you're very detail-oriented and you love thoughtful examination. You value statistics, logic and precise procedures. You will be an analyzer, systematic, objective, logical, doing things in a step-by-step way. And the final group are the sensors. Sensors focus on implementation and action. They love making things happen and they want concrete and immediate feedback. They're very pragmatic, outcome-oriented, realistic and quick to act. Okay, so hopefully by now you have some thoughts about your preferred I speak style. You might want to think then about how strongly you are wedded to it. How flexible are you when you're talking to other people at work or in interviews? Because these differences can cause problems. I want to talk first about problems at work. If you're a feeler, you may think the sensor is bossy, curt, and perhaps even rude. If you're a sensor, on the other hand, you may think that feelers waste time being social rather than meeting deadlines. Those of us who are intuitors sometimes find thinkers to be boring and a little bit narrow-minded. On the other hand, thinkers look at us, they look at intuitors, and they think we're just dreamers and we're not grounded in reality. When it comes to an interview, there are also problems with this mismatching communication style and preferences. So a feeler may perceive a sensor as being loud and overwhelming, whereas intuitors may think thinkers are risk-averse and stuck in the past. If you just think back to how much you enjoy or don't enjoy talking to some of your work colleagues, I'm sure that these problems may ring true for you. The next thing you need to do is change your communication style and the content of your message. So what we're looking at getting you to do is adapt your approach to better connect with the other person. As I said, it's quite complicated. When it comes to your voice, you may need to adjust the tone, the volume and the speed of your voice. You'll need to monitor your facial expressions and your use of gestures. And of course, when it comes to content, you'll need to construct the content of your communication to appeal to their preferred style. So let's go through them one at a time again. Appeal to a feeler by using a warm and friendly style with lots of smiles and expressiveness. When it comes to the content, emphasize the people aspects of your achievements. 
Secondly, you will influence an intuitor by a fast-paced and enthusiastic delivery. With content, highlight the innovation aspects of your achievements. Third, connect with a thinker with a restrained, serious style. And with your content, focus on the fact-based elements of your achievements. And the final one, impress a sensor with a strong and matter-of-fact delivery. When it comes to content, get to the point and stress action in your achievements. So let's look at how you might change what you say in a specific example. Let's say you're in an interview or even in a work meeting and you want to talk about a large change project that you led at work. If you're talking to a feeler, talk about how you made sure that you involved people at the coalface. Talk about the level of support that you offered people to help them come on board with the change. When it comes to a thinker, talk about the way that you examined all options very carefully. You used a systematic approach and it became very clear that option number X was the path to follow. If you're talking to an intuitor, you might want to mention that you research best practice, you've integrated the latest technology, and it's going to be a state-of-the-art change. And with a sensor, cut to the chase. Just talk about the outcomes that you achieved. I'll always remember a former client, let's call him Dimitri. He was so enthusiastic when he answered questions in our interview practice, and he came across as such a friendly, down-to-earth person. However, and it was a very big however, Dimitri had no light and shade in his voice at all. It was relentlessly loud. And after a while, it started to feel like a verbal assault. Worse, there was no subtlety in his answers, and he never mentioned anybody else in his stories. He sounded like a bulldozer. We talked through iSpeak and he had no problem at all identifying that his default style was sensor. After that, we spent quite a bit of time working so that Dimitri was able to give a more nuanced response in interviews. It worked and Dimitri found a new role quite easily. The reason I'm mentioning this story is my most striking memory was the look on Dimitri's face when he said, now I understand why I've never been able to maintain relationships with my internal customers. I drove them crazy with my approach. This level of self-awareness in Dimitri was too late for the previous roles that he had had, but I think and I hope that it did give him a base to have more productive relationships in the future. If you can master I speak, you end up making connections with other people instead of being mired in misinterpretations. Now, at the beginning of this episode, I spoke about my efforts to persuade my husband. Well, my natural style is intuitor with quite a bit of sensor thrown in. I'm always raving about the latest article I've read and the improvements we can make if we adopt a particular new idea. And as people who know me will agree, I can be very forceful and direct in my delivery style. Now, my husband, Phil, is a thinker through and through. So he's never naturally going to want to respond to any of my ideas immediately, especially if I haven't laid a methodical, systematic basis for my suggestion. These days, I present my opinion in a quiet, detailed and self-contained way. And instead of trying to force a quick response from Phil, 
I say, have a think about that and we can follow it up tomorrow. Lo and behold, when I raised the issue again the following day, guess what? More often than not, he agrees with my suggestion. At a gut level, I guess we're talking about how we make people feel. We're talking about self-awareness and the capacity to change our communication style. Both are difficult issues to grapple with and very few of us seem to master them. Imagine what you could achieve in your career if you became one of that rare breed, someone who is genuinely charming, someone to whom people naturally gravitate. Making a positive first impression is a critical skill in the workplace. And tuning into another person's style allows you to adapt your own approach to better connect with the other party. Both are very useful in an interview situation and in work, and as I found out with my husband, in life itself. This is podcast number 12, I think. My downloads are increasing, but I still don't have many reviews anywhere yet, and I don't have many subscribers. If you like what you've heard, I'd love it if you could share this podcast or leave a review. At this stage, I'm still doing a podcast every fortnight, and next episode, given it's going to be the last episode for 2020, I'm going to talk about my brickbats and bouquets. Hopefully, they'll help you start off on the right track in 2021 as we leave this very difficult year behind us. Remember, if you want to review what we've talked about, check out the full show notes at careerconsult.com.au. There you'll find lots of supporting information and links to any tools or resources that I've talked about. I'll repeat that, careerconsult.com.au. And I do a mail out once a fortnight of videos, blogs and infographics. If you're interested, you'll find a sign-up form on the website. Let's finish with the hashtag, hashtag, why not be happy at work? <laughs>